0: I mean, it's such a, it should be a simple answer, but it feels like it isn't really a simple answer, but there is something deep inside of me that connects to a life mission. Mm -hmm. I homeschooled my own children. I referenced my experience in public school as a kid growing up almost every day. I feel what that felt like. Honestly, I just feel so doggedly committed to the idea that these students and families need what I am holding out to them.
1: Welcome teacher to the Let Your Light Shine podcast. If you're searching for the freedom and permission to design the life you love as a teacher, you're in the right place. I'm on a mission to help teachers just like you build their own dream school or homeschooling business. In this present day, the world needs you, teacher friend, to step out in faith and give students an education they love and so deserve. In this podcast, I will teach you how to start a fulfilling and profitable homeschooling business that lights you up. I'm Mackenzie Oliver, former elementary teacher and instructional coach, gone homeschool teacher and business builder. I'm here to empower you to step outside the classroom and choose the experiences, the curriculum, and all the moments that put a smile on your face and your students. Does it seem like a dream? Well, it did to me, until God opened the doors and made it reality. Together, we are breaking through fears and moving the crowd. So get out your notebook, sharpen your pencil. It's time to get your teach on. I am so excited for you guys to hear this incredible interview with Fran Stewart, the owner of North Star Micro School. Fran is a homeschooling mom, gone micro school builder. She was a homeschool mom to five children. For many, many years, her children are grown. She started a tutoring business, and then Fran started a micro school in her home in Colorado. You're going to really appreciate Fran's transparency in this message today. You're going to be able to hear her heart, her soul, of why she continues to do what she does. You're gonna hear her testimony of overcoming hardships as she was building this business. And I believe that once you listen to Fran's story, You yourself are going to realize that this is possible and that you are surrounded by people who will lift you up and encourage you. Are you ready? Because it's a good one. Let's hear it. Brian, welcome to the Teacher Let Your Life Shine podcast. It has been well overdue that you come and share your story with us. You are a precious, precious soul that I actually got to meet in person all the way from Colorado to Florida. And I'm just so thankful for you, Fran, and cannot wait for you to tell our listeners about you. So without further ado, tell us all about Fran and where you're from and the wonderful things that you are doing in your life right now.
0: Hi, Mackenzie. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yep, yeah, My name is Fran Stewart, and I live in Longmont, Colorado, and I moved here in this early late spring of 2016 to support my 16 year old daughter who was a climber at the time and looking for another uh, climbing experience and what better place than Boulder, Colorado to do that. So, um, yep. So I moved up here. Um, my story, my um, story is that I homeschooled my own five children and my 16 year old was the youngest of, of them. And, um, My children are all grown now, and when I moved to Colorado, I resigned from my teaching position in the Santa Fe Public Schools and prioritized what my daughter Joni needed at the time. So we came up and uh, bravely came to uh, Boulder County and looked for a place to live and just settled in so that she could climb with ABC Kids Climbing's elite climbing team here in in Colorado, so that was the beginning of my time here. And um, we had before that we'd been living in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and um, homeschooling. I went back to school at forty three years old with my two oldest children, um, who were ready for community college classes. They were sixteen and fourteen at the time, and um, I had always wanted to finish my degree and thought. That um, education would be the right way to go. Um, I have a passion for educational reform and um, alternative education, and wanted something different for my own children than I experienced in public schools. So, um, anyway, but I thought the best way forward was to finish my degree in education. So, um, I went back to school in and graduated in. May of 2013, and took my first teaching position. And then in August of that same year, got a breast cancer diagnosis. So I was, um, started a first time teaching job and taught for the fall semester. And then in the spring of that year, took a leave of absence and did finish my cancer treatments. And then, um, recovered over the summer. And in the fall of that, that year, 2014, took another teaching job in Santa Fe. I was the ESL coach for two years in, um, a community school. It was a K through eight community school there in Santa Fe. Then I taught the fourth grade and, you know, just needed to get those teaching years under my belt so that my teaching license could be, um, just secured as a level one or whatever the level is. And when I moved up to Colorado in 2016, I was very glad that I had stuck it out and done those years in the public school because I was able to do the teacher licensing reciprocity for Colorado and have my teaching license. So that's kind of the backstory I um lived here I uh, began a tutoring business in um Boulder County as soon as we got here and then about a year later brought my mom out from New Orleans Louisiana to care for her in our home until February of February of 2022. So it's been a long journey but in the fall of 2020 I opened my um my I opened my school as a pandemic pod and then um that year we did the pandemic, fall 2020, spring twenty twenty-one, and then in the fall of twenty twenty one became North Star Micro School. So I'm starting our we're we're just finishing our third year as North Star Micro School. And um yeah, and here we
1: are. And, okay. It's just I'm gonna just gonna break this down a little bit further. So you I, I've known that you homeschooled your children. How many children did you say? Five. Five children. Okay. I knew that that was a lot, but I I was thinking three between five, but my goodness, five children, all of them were homeschooled, never went to public school or private. My
0: oldest daughter went to first grade and we decided that if I liked the teacher, we'd do it. And if I didn't like the teacher, we wouldn't. I felt perfect freedom to be able to choose what was best for her. We really liked the teacher. So she did a year with Beth Wolf in first grade in Santa Fe. And then my second child did a year with her. And then my third child did a year with her. And then by the time my twins came along, my two youngest are twins. By the time they came along, we were all done with Miss Wolf. Maybe she had retired. I can't remember. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> she, um, but the twins didn't try public school until they were fifth graders. And um, I just, one of them wanted to try it. So we did it. And, um, and At about eight weeks in, the kids were getting tired of that Mm. situation and um, wanted to come back to homeschooling. But I felt like it was really, really important to let them have an opportunity to see what it was all about. Um, They were curious. And, you know, I just have always been a parent that wanted to support my child with the things that they were interested in and the things that they were curious about. And so they did public schooling for a little while. Each of the kids had a tiny experience with it. But for the most part, homeschooling or really kind of more unschooling is the way that we went Mm -hmm. until they reached the age Well, my oldest daughter was 16 when she started at the Santa Fe Community College, which we used for middle and high school. And then my son was 14. And then when my third child was 11, she started at the community college and she took a math class and an art class. She was very interested in art. And so she took an art class and a math class. And then um, she finished college at 20 because she had done all of her um, community college classes as dual credit for high school and for college. So when she went to a four-year school, she was already a junior. In college.
1: Even hearing those opportunities that you were being able to give your children while they were homeschooled is absolutely incredible. So, you homeschooled, you really ran your race with homeschooling. Then, you became a teacher and you ran your race through that experience, which I'm sure was like, wow, you know, you were still getting to pour into children, get to get your teaching um, fixed for a while but then you got breast cancer. So the resilience is just unbelievable, Fran. And then I I know so much about you and I don't want to keep giving your story away, but I would love to know. And just thinking back, when you look at your daughter, having that experience of getting to take college courses at age 11, Mm-hmm. wow. That's yeah. something that we can do for our students in a micro school setting. Absolutely. And I just I think some of our listeners whose children have been a part of public or private school they're thinking, "Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine when you're 11 years old, you're sitting with your peers who are 11 years old and you're learning what you're what most 11-year-olds are learning." But the fact that you're able to give them such different experiences really goes to show how powerful alternative education models are. Absolutely. When you, after you had settled in and you went through your wave of fighting and winning breast cancer, you mentioned that you had started a tutoring business.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And how long did that really last for before you started building your micro school? It, it lasted from the The spring
0: of, well, the probably summer, fall of 2016 um, to fall of 2020, I tutored off and on. I had more tutoring clients earlier on than I did um, once I started caring for my mother. So that sort of it worked really well because I was able to continue to have tutoring students and care for her. Then my oldest daughter stepped in and helped me with my mom's care. So that was also took a little bit of the pressure off of me. So I was able to tutor more. So I called my business and it's so funny because I called it five stars tutoring, but I had a lighthouse on my business card because that symbolism about a lighthouse was always really important to me as well. And so that was sort of my, my kind of tutoring. It still had that nautical beacon Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, feeling of this is what I want to offer you know through tutoring and then in the fall and then every time we went back somebody went back to Santa Fe one of my kids or I went back to Santa Fe my follow-up after the breast cancer uh, the breast cancer treatments were every six months in Santa Fe so somebody or me would be driving back and forth between Colorado and New Mexico and um, we'd bring my teacher my part of my classroom, we bring the next piece of the classroom. And so it was all in my garage in kind of seed form with me in this, just this kind of this fuzzy idea that maybe one day I would start a private school. And I believe that seed got planted a long time ago and it just never felt like it was something I could do. I just, I just didn't ever feel like it was for me. Like other people can do this kind of work but not not me. So it just was in the back of my mind and but I and there was hope there and there was an idea but it was really it did not come to fruition until the pandemic happened. And then what the school district did was create a Facebook page called Saint Brain Valley Schools Pandemic Pod Resources. And I just took a step of faith and put an ad out on it, just a comment or whatever, saying that I was a certified teacher and that I'd I'd be willing to host a pod in my home. My one tutoring student that I had was interested. And so I thought, we'll build from there. And I ended up with five students that fall, like in just one post. And it was just kind of like, Oh my gosh. And people were absolutely looking for resources at the time, but it was really, um, it was really quick (laughs) it was really fast. And so I just started unpacking that garage and pouring it into my basement. And, you know, we were sort of off, you know, we cut the rope and set sail.
1: I I love, I love how you said it was this fuzzy idea. You always thought, man, it would be really neat, or I'd love to start a private school, but I really can't do that. I really believe that probably over 90% of the people who are listening feel the same way. This probably isn't for me. I don't think even if we have the confidence, there's always the, is this really what I'm supposed to do Right type of feeling. And so I think that is so beautiful that you kept storing. Because one plant, one man plants, another man's water, waters, God provides the increase. It's like you were just planting Mm -hmm. and planting. Mm -hmm. And then once people started watering the idea of possibly having some type of alternative education, you were right there and were able to provide it. That is so neat. Tell us about North Star Micro School. Well... I I liked
0: the name. There's an author that I love. Her name is Martha Beck. And I read a book. When we first came to Boulder County, there's a campground near Boulder in a town called Netherland. And we pitched a tent for three weeks. My daughter, my twin daughters and I, My my daughter was already living here. But once I came, she joined us. So I had my twin daughters who were 16 at the time. And we all had our own little tents in a little campsite. And um, we were there for three weeks looking for a place to um, a place to rent in um, either Longmont or Boulder. And um, during that time I read a book and it was called steering by starlight. And mm. I'm, it's hard for me to read a book cover to cover, but this one really just caught my attention and it was just really what I needed to be reading. And so I love the idea. So um, when I, decided on a name for the school, North Star was the, was the name. And so, Amazing. um, yeah, so we became North Star micro school the second year, um, after the pandemic pod year. And I felt like I needed a little bit of a framework, um, a little bit of a, what do you, what do I call this thing I'm doing? Um, mm. I'm not really homeschooling, but I'm not really a, I'm not really, pri- I don't know what I am. So anyway, I, I discovered the word micro school. And so I said, that's it, I'm North Star micro school. And so um, last year was our second year. And um, there were a few bumps in the road last year as well, just as far as me not really being sure what I could manage. Um, I allowed a, a child in that was four years old. Mm-hmm. I had three children who were about 10 9 10 11 years old and then i had two 13 i had two students that were 13 they were twins one was um going through a transition a gender identity transition the other one was severely autistic and so it was kind of dark and gloomy skies you know a little hard to see the star um sometimes and you know just feeling like woo this is a lot so i learned a lot and um and then decided after that year this is you know i need to narrow the age group we need Mm -hmm. to focus um and in the spring of last year i knew that the four-year-old wasn't coming back that the twins weren't coming back another student was going to public school and another student i really wasn't sure so i had one student that i knew was going to return for the fall.
1: And, and that that's was- when you messaged me. I believe
0: <laughs> that when, when I got the email. McKenzie. Enter Mackenzie in her big ship <laughs> with the bright light shining from the bow, you know, <laughs> ahoy, <laughs> lady, what are you doing over there? You're drifting, you know? And um, it was amazing because I just started putting that word micro school into Google searches. And, and I found your Facebook group and teacher let your light shine and, And um, the marketing series, which I had been thinking, well, I need to get the word out. If I want to keep going, I need to get the word out that I'm here and that, that this is something that's an option for parents. So I went through the marketing series and started practicing some of the things that you taught, you taught us in that group. And, and it was amazing. It was amazing. Inquiries started coming in. People started coming for interviews and during the course of the summer, By the fall, by the time school started, I had uh, five students. I had five solid students starting with me in the fall. Then in October, we added another student. Then in February of this year, we added another student. And then just now in May, we've added another family with two students. And then we lost two students. And then we gained two students. So we're still at wow. seven here at the end of the year. And it was so funny. This is so silly. And I don't know if you guys or anybody thinks like this, but I had two colors empty. I The kids all have colored bins mm-hmm. and the colors were blue and orange. And when the new family came in in May, one's favorite color was blue and the other's favorite color was orange. Oh so my I,
1: gosh. Brian. Well, there you go.
0: It is. I've seen
1: this happen so many times. I also think there's just so much that we could unpack just from that story. Starting in May, you had one student. I'm thinking about how you already knew when you ended that second year. I know what I need to say yes to and I know what I need to say no to, even if it means that I have to start at ground zero again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you There's just feelings that you have that either are unsettling or that you need to gain more clarity on. I'm also very, very proud of you because not everybody asks for help. And that's how we drown Mm -hmm. when we don't ask for help. When our pride gets in the way, when we're too afraid, maybe we have a, a, a mindset of, I don't have enough. I don't have enough time to find someone to help me. I don't have enough income to find someone to help me. You had one student. Mm-hmm. And when you reached out to me for help, it was right before we started our very first meeting. No, I think we had already started. And I said, yeah, it's okay. I got the videos for you. I'm going to, I'll send it to you, jump right on in. We had our community. We just went for it. Um, you were posting in our Facebook group of little events that you had going on. It was so precious. Fran actually took a flight down to Florida for a convention. So we saw each other there. And how did that actually work when you were thinking, I've got one student. You actually, in that email, felt as if you were going to quit. Mm-hmm. but You didn't want to. But you're I thinking, sure. this looks so yeah. hard. Yeah,
0: I wasn't. You want to sure walk us through that a little bit? Yeah, I wasn't sure what to do. I I was very very upset. The other thing I was also thinking is I really want to go to a homeschooling conference. That was something that was always so important to me as a homeschool parent. And I thought, well, I'm doing this work, and a homeschool conference would be perfect. And I'm looking and looking and looking for a homeschool conference. And then my cousin Ann and I road trip to Orlando. And I stayed in her home, which was about a block away from the convention where the homeschooling Um, conference was taking place. Well, what I didn't know at the time was that Mackenzie lived in Orlando. I didn't know that. (laughs) When I planned that whole thing, I had no idea that that's where you were. And so that was the piece for me that was like, oh my goodness gracious, I think I'm supposed to be doing this Mm -hmm. with these People in this time mm-hmm. and in this season, it yes. just feels sacred. Like this is the time
1: that mm-hmm. you know, for such a time as this, as as it was. Of course, you know the synchronicity of it all. Mm-hmm. The synchronicity of it all really cannot be overlooked. And I want to say that you know, just even going, I don't even know what I am as a school. Walk us through how you went from I've got a pandemic pod. And now I've uh, got kids four all the way to teenage years. And now I'm down to one student. I don't even know what I am. How did you determine how to set your business up or your school? Well, I think,
0: honestly, the marketing series really framed it for me. It was okay. It was just me needing to figure out, well, how do I let people know I'm here? You know, Mm -hmm. and the kids, well, this is the other piece. My daughter on the way to the airport, I have mom's ashes, you know, in my lap. I had just had a problem with a parent feeling like I'm going to lose this student too. I'm just down to one. And I was really just feeling all of, and I made a comment like, I guess I could just give it all up and go move to the island or something, you know, go Mm -hmm. move to the deserted island. And my daughter got upset with me. And she said, mom, you do not need th- those families, these families to run your business. She mm. said, this is your business and you do not need those families to run your business. And it was just like a little, like, I don't even know what you call it, but just a download of information. She didn't even know that she was speaking into my life in that profound kind oh of my way. Gosh. It just changed my mindset. It made me think, she's right. You know, she's, she doesn't even know about running a business. It's just whatever she's, she just got that
1: from somewhere and streamed it right over to me. You absolutely. know, absolutely. I remember you telling me that whenever I saw you at the conference, it's interesting how we can have these seeds of doubt and we feel like we want to give up. And then somebody will just throw something to you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I, it can it can give you a mindset shift for sure so i think it's very admirable the fact that you have faced a lot of doubt you have went from one student to eight students
0: mm-hmm. you have
1: lost some you have gained some
0: mm-hmm. you have
1: still been able to keep going and thriving what do you think it's been that has allowed you to stay the course even though you've wanted to give up at times in starting your school I mean, it's such a it should be a simple answer, but it feels like it isn't really
0: a simple answer. But there is something deep inside of me that connects to a life mission. Mm -hmm. I homeschooled my own children. I referenced my experience in public school as a kid growing up almost every day. I feel what that felt like. Um, I did not want that for my own children. When I was nine years old, my family. My dad was a philosophy professor and he took our family to Europe for four months and I was a fourth grader. And this was 1974. So back in those days, you know, if parents were homeschooling, I don't even know if they were in the courts yet over homeschooling. I mean, it just wasn't even an idea that really existed then. It sort of feels a little like cell phones now, you know, like that didn't exist back then, you know? So anyway, I just, it planted a seed, I think for me, um, that I could learn in the world and I didn't need to necessarily be in the public school to do that learning. And I, um, so I, I know the seed was planted. Um, and I know what my experience was in public school. And so I chose homeschooling for my own family. And then through that experience, developed friendships, went to lots of homeschooling conferences, developed philosophies around education and around what's good for people, you know, Mm -hmm. what's really best for, is this system really best for people? And I've always really felt that our children are who they are, They come to us who they are. I always felt connected to who I was as a child and as an adult, know that when I was seven years old, that person that I was then is the person that I am now. Like I am the same person. And so treating people like from that perspective, treating other children or treating my own children, just knowing, you know, and for my own children, I really felt like I really want to like these people when when they are grown and I really want them to still like me. So <laughs> developing those relationships yeah. with my kids was, was really valuable to me. And so I think that's kind of intrinsically what keeps me going um, because I just feel so strongly that our public school system is damaging humans. I, uh-huh. I just I feel that it's damaging them. I feel it damaged me. And I think that some kids are do okay in the system, but I think many, many don't. And mm. I just, I just feel as a career option. Um, this is the, this is what I want to do. This uh, is what I want to do. I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, I want to make a difference. I don't want to just do menial work. I, I don't just want to pay my grocery bill you know Mm -hmm. Um, and so I want to make a difference and my vision for North Star Micro School is that we create a legacy in this community that serves these families and others for years to come that we can create something that lasts in in our community how that's going to look from this vantage point is is almost terrifying to me you know I can't imagine hiring more people. I can't imagine, I can't even, I can hardly visualize the people that are coming in and the growth this year and the changes that have happened in my school have been so fast and furious that it's a little like, whoa, you know, it really is like, hold on to your hat because here we go. And I feel this anticipation, like this, there's this burgeoning kind of feeling of like something's about to really Blow in a good. Oh
1: way. yes, in and a, a lot way. of times, whenever we face these obstacles and these roadblocks, we are we find that there is something so amazing on the other side that was trying to block us from getting there.
0: Yeah, and I'm worried that I'd miss it if I decided, oh, this is too hard. It's too hard. Oh, it's too right. scary. It's too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It's you know what are all those things, you know, all those voices. And I, and I just feel like, okay, everything needs to just get really quiet. I need to take some deep breaths, regroup, get grounded, make some decisions. I've really found that if I just make a decision, even Ah. if it, I don't know if it's the right one, I just decide, Mm -hmm. I just decide we're going to continue in my home. We decided, you know, we're going to, we're going to, whatever the next step is, we're going to use this curriculum or we're going to use that thing Yes. So on this field trip or, you know, like things that are coming up for me are, I only have six spaces for booster seats in my van, <laughs> you know, so I'm already there. I already have
1: a new problem that I didn't have in the fall. I didn't know. And it's, and it is a good problem, but still, as you're having this business and you're running this school and you're wanting to make such an impact. And like you said, this isn't just to pay your grocery bill. This is your legacy. This is your life mission. God really will always provide. Now it is very interesting, Fran, that you say that hold your hat. It's, it's coming because there does feel like it does feel like there is a stirring Even if it feels scary, you feel like there's something that is about to brew and about to break through. I would like for you to tell us a little bit more about your location and why you love your location the way that you do. Well, we are in my
0: home at the moment. And so my whole, well, it's so funny because my bedroom is downstairs. So I feel a little like the old timey school mom you know, that lived in the schoolhouse too. And so I have my own like space. It's like Fran's zone downstairs. (laughs) And the classroom is a big rectangular room. There's a bathroom off to the side. And then there's kind of an overflow room where we have magnet tiles and, you know, art supplies and connects toys and different things that the kids can build with and all those sort of things. Um, And so the space for the kids right now is, is nearly perfect. Um, And it's in my home, which I absolutely love. You know, my little dog can be downstairs with us during the day and, you know, all those things. And then our home abuts a park and um, which is golden. Like we are on the corner where you just go down. The kids don't even have to cross the street or walk down the sidewalk through anyone's driveways. Mm -hmm. They can just go right out the front door and down the alley and they're in the park. And I can see them from the back porch if I, you know, they say, and I have a head start and they're in the park, you know, so it's just perfect to be right here in my home. Mm -hmm. And, um, and in this community, I think this is a great community for what we're doing. And I think people here are looking for alternatives. I think it's an innovative place to be in the country. And I think people are. Looking for options, so I love I love it that it's in Longmont. I love it that it's in my home, and,
1: and and speaking of your community, how have you marketed your school in your community?
0: So at this point, oh my gosh, I had I ran an ad in a kids publication, Boulder County Kids. I, I don't even that. know if I got any traffic from that ad, but there was something about putting it out there into yes, the good was you know I think there's something in that. Place that can build momentum. It was exciting to me to open the page and see North Star Micro School in the private school pages, you know, oh. and so that was fun. <laughs> but I've I've sat out at a few community fair type things and um, done a little bit of reaching out to moms groups and and uh, Facebook groups. Um, I have a website and I have an Instagram page um, and a page, you know, for my business on Facebook. So I, would you say,
1: would you say though, Fran, when people come to you, do you feel as if it is really just word of mouth? It's not like you have a billboard. You don't have a sign out somewhere.
0: It's either word of mouth or, or it's people who are interested in alternatives that are putting things in Google search boxes, and then I'm coming up. Like mm-hmm. I have a family in my school right now who that's what happened. They just put alternative education homeschool, Longmont in the search bar and North Star Micro School came out. So that search engine optimization, I feel like is really important. I feel like yes. that would, probably if I was going to focus any one thing on marketing, it would be really, really juicing up my website and really working on the SEO piece because people are finding you when you say alternative education or homeschool or, um, I, you know, the word micro school is not just a mainstream word that people are going to use easily. You know, that's not exactly. You're I mean, right it's becoming more like people are starting to hear it more, mm-hmm. but it's not, people are not going to just Google. I need a micro school in Longmont you know, right. it, usually exactly. they're going to say, what's a micro school, you know, right. but people exactly. are looking for homeschool enrichment. They're looking for homeschool support, you know? So I feel like that's probably the best way right now that, you know, I I'm not really sure, but mostly I think it's, you know, people, No, those are, are
1: very good. That's very good and helpful to our community. You've used, you've utilized Facebook, you have done some putting yourself out there in the newspaper. You also have done a couple events, but mainly it's been word of mouth, just getting into the community. Somehow somebody has connected to you in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your your website and the search engine optimization, that's very, very gold for a lot of our listeners right now. I would also appreciate if you would tell us your target market, and we've talked about this during our educational marketing series. Our target market—not everybody is for us. How we determine that target market? So, tell us more about the ages that you serve, and and how you know if they're going to be the right student to fit in at North at North Star Micro School. Well, uh, what I think
0: is happening, it, well, what what happened after the year that I allowed the four-year-old and the two 13-year-olds in, I knew I needed to narrow my group. So I narrowed it this fall to K through sixth grade. <laughs> that wasn't narrow enough. I found out that that wasn't narrow enough. So this spring, after some problems that kind of arose because my age group was too broad, we decided to narrow to K through third. So. Okay that feels right. K third feels right. And what I want to do is build year by year with the base group that we have now, when my third grader is a fourth grader, I'd like to add a fourth grader or two, you know, or bring in, you know, at some point we're going to grow too large for my home. We're going to grow too large in numbers to not, to have just me be the Teacher, But what's happening, what's the interesting thing that's happening is that all of my students have younger siblings that are three or four years old, all of them, Mm, and they all go to the same preschool. And so my target market is actually a local preschool in my community with families that are interested. There are these families in our school with the older sibling, but they're in the preschool every day. And they're talking about our school and the benefits to their children that have happened this year. And so really, it's very small. I feel like my target market is very small right now. But it's this group of students that's coming up through the ranks of preschool looking for a home-based option. And one of the things that was really interesting to me about this preschool is that I realized recently that this preschool is in a home. It's a home-based daycare type preschool. Well, the transition from that setting into my setting is seamless. It's Mm -hmm. really very, it makes sense to these children and to these families. They don't want to be in the public system you know people are nervous about gun violence in the schools and in the communities Mm -hmm. they don't want to put their children into that setting they want a home base they want a small environment they want the feeling of hominess that comes that they're also getting in this preschool environment so i've really kind of found that that's that's kind of big and and the word of mouth there is happening so i've been getting inquiries for from people who have four-year-olds, they wouldn't be coming in this coming fall. They'd be coming in the following fall. So mm-hmm. it's sort of like the the student body is developing. Like we're just going to get to see them all since they were itty bitty.
1: And I now- know that is beautiful. <laughs> and I and I I definitely found that when we were doing our educational marketing series together, you were doing your due diligence of taking the information, putting it to work. One day you even went live on our Facebook group. You had been exercising that day. You were were like, you know, we're getting out. I'm getting out and I'm getting moving girls. Let's get this going. You can do it. You are encouraging everybody. Uh I'm just so grateful for all of the women, not just that we're in that group, but that we have just a part of our community. And I'd like for you to share what advice you have for those who are thinking of starting a micro school or just those who may have been in it and are are looking to build over the next couple of years, what advice would you give to them? I would say community
0: is really important. So if you're a part of this community, or if you know somebody that's wanting to do this and you can bring them into a community where there's support, I feel like that's really, really important. I absolutely say, go for it. I don't think I don't, I think it's possible for anybody. If I feel like if I could do it, if if this is possible for me, then anybody, anybody could do it. But I do think you have to sometimes have to really dig deep and find your why. And I know that sounds really cliche, like in business building, but I have really found this spring that I have to reach into that place. I really have needed to just dig dig deep into my why I want to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think that any, you know, I think that anybody could do it. And, and I encourage, I would encourage anybody that's interested in leaving, um, not, I don't think any of us are really interested in leaving security, right. But if you're feeling like you want to step out and create something that's your own and that you can build yourself, um, Go Doing it is important. Do it, go for it, do it. I, I'm hesitating only in this place where I feel like there's a lot more to it than I imagined when I first started. So what I'm finding is that I need to be ready for the development that's happening on the inside of me. I've had to be really, really brave this spring. I've had to learn how to set boundaries. I've had to learn how to ask people to pay me that weren't paying me. I've had to ask people to not come, not return to my school. I've had so many things that I've gone through this spring that I feel as though I am a different person. So I say, go for it, but get ready for the ride and fasten your seatbelt and just know that it's worth it. It's, it's worth it, but it's going to come with a lot of work.
1: Yes. Yes. I really appreciate your transparency and sharing that Fran. And I want to know you, you talked about your why, what do you think has really helped you to honestly not give up in the, in the face of adversity when you were like, I don't know if if this is for me anymore. I mean, you've been emailing me a lot yeah, and we've been working through some things. What is, what has really kept you like, I, I can do this.
0: Honestly, I just feel so doggedly committed to the idea that these students and families need what I am holding out to them you know, I'm not the savior, right? I'm really not, but I'm holding out an option that's available to them. That's different. That's wholesome. That's creative. That's cohesive. We're building in socio-emotional development every single day. Kids are transforming Every single day they're going home and they're scraping their plate in the sink and they're loading the dishwasher at home and their parents are freaking out. And it's just, it's just, it's so important. It feels so important. This work feels so important that if I give up, they give up. Mm. Like I feel obligated to not give up. I have seven students and five families, depending on me to continue. And I think that that's really what's keeping me just digging deeper and deeper and just really kind of scaling and fine tuning my drive to continue because they're depending, they're all looking at me. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to continue in your home? Are you going to look for a space outside of your home? What about your van? You know, like, and I'm like, I don't know, y'all come on, you know, and we're just trying to figure it out. And I think that it's really them, you know, I'm looking at these kids and I'm looking at their families and I feel, I feel not responsible in a sense, but, but I feel like this is something that's so important. It's worth fighting for. It feels like it's worth fighting for. And I think want to be a person that is never looked on as a quitter like yeah quit doing something that's harmful to your health right we can quit things in life that are that's a good thing if you quit that but this quitting this for me right now would feel like failure and it, it would feel like I quit on the cusp of something really transformative and amazing that's happening not only for me but for my community and for these families
1: Amazing, Fran. Thank you for sharing your heart. Thank you for being a part of our group. You've been so precious and helping people throughout this journey. We've known you for a year. You've stayed true to our group. You have been a cheerleader. You've gotten people on Zoom calls. And we just want to say thank you so much. And we thank you for the work that you're doing. Fran, where can people reach you at? I am at
0: northstarmicroschool.com. And it's easy. Another easy way is School at gmail.com. That's our email address. And we're in Longmont, Colorado. And yeah, come. Well, be- you know what I'm going to yeah. say,
1: friend. You got to keep shining, girl. You got to keep shining. Thank you yeah. so much, Fran.
0: Thank you so much, Mackenzie. I'm so grateful for you.
1: Thank you, honey. Hey, hey, teacher friend. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. I pray it inspired you, touched you, or challenged you in some way, because we are making big shifts and using our teaching gifts for God's glory like never before. I'm so grateful for you. The number one way you can support this show is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and also share this with another teacher. Come join me in the virtual teacher's lounge known as the Teacher Let Your Light Shine Facebook group. Until next time, keep shining your teacher light. The world needs you.